Hi, welcome to New Plymouth, Land of Fire and Ice. I am Black Robe. It's a pseudonym or a pen name. I am dedicating this podcast to the matters of spirituality, to address real life with a spiritual view. In particular, my Savior, Jesus Christ. Today we're going to be working on something that has been brought up here in Alberta. We are looking at creating a new country. And so as such, we are looking at constitutional matters. We are discussing from the very beginning what we need to consider in order to construct a constitution. Now, one of the things that we want to do as we are constructing this constitution is we want to be able to pull knowledge, wisdom, and truth from all sources. Regardless of where they're coming from, we need to be able to pull from those sources. So, in considering that, I think it would be good to start having discussions about certain points of the constitution. One of the things that I would ask as I was counseling addicts is, have you decided? I would get a blank stare and then I would say to them, have you decided whether or not you want to live or die? And I would say that, I know it sounds rather harsh, but I would say that because everyone needs to decide which direction they are going and how fast. A lot of times if you don't decide which direction you're going, the clear answer is that you are headed towards death. Some addicts didn't care about living, but didn't necessarily want to die, and they were willing to put no effort into keeping alive. So we would do something called harm reduction, which was to make them live longer in the hopes that they would be able to make up their mind that they wanted to live. We as a country need to make the same decision. Do we want to be a country of living people going about our business of living, valuing the sanctity of life, giving life to babies, saving old people from death so that they can contribute to our society, allowing people to defend their own lives, to be able to remain living, to be able to remain contributing to society? Or do we want to be a country of self-hating, self-deprecating people who are trying to tax one another to death? and practicing abortions, killing babies, killing old people because they're old, allowing robbers and murderers to kill indiscriminately without resistance, allowing our police and military to hunt down and kill fellow Canadians. Here in Canada, we currently have a death culture. We celebrate death. We give mother money to other countries so that they can kill their people and kill their babies. We kill our elders, we kill our young kids, and we don't have any hope. 
We kill ourselves by taking drugs into our body. We kill ourselves by enjoying dangerous sports. We kill ourselves because there's nothing left living for. We wallow in our depression until we get to that point where we are suicidal. All of the red tape and taxes eventually point to the death of Canadians. We disable our medical industry so that people who could be saved are not. We convince people only to have one or two kids. And we tell little kids not to have any children when they're older because how can you bring a child into this world? Canadians participate in child slavery, which causes death. Native ladies are murdered. Homeowners and farmers are murdered in home and farm invasions. And they are put into jail if they decide to defend themselves and their families. There are many, many more ways to decide to kill ourselves, and they're increasing every day. There are people who actually push the theory that there are too many people on earth and at least two-thirds of us need to be killed. These people are represented at the climate conferences that we see being hosted now and then. They say horrible things like put all the white men and the conservatives at the front of a war so that we can get rid of them. They say horrible, horrible things that if we were to just change one of the aspects, if we were to say, uh, put all black people to death by putting them in the military, that would be considered blatantly racist and horrible. However, here are these people saying that they need to get rid of white people because there's too many white people. I served in the Canadian Forces as a medic. As I took my basic training, I volunteered as course medic. I was EMT qualified before I came up, and, and, or before I signed up, and I carried with me everywhere a jump bag that was better equipped in medicines and equipment um, and uh, then the aid kit that was sent with the course staff. With knowledge that I had and the equipment that I brought and the passion that I practiced medicine with, I was still wholly inadequate. After realizing this and struggling before my creator, I began to make bargains. I bargained because that's what you do when dealing with a creator who promised something or uh, with a creator. You promised him something to which to him is trivial, but to you is everything in exchange for a blessing or a privilege. I promised my creator that if he would enlighten my mind and that I would be able to understand the pain and hurt incurred upon my fellow soldiers, bless my hands with the skill and my heart with bravery that I needed to accomplish in healing my brothers and sisters. What I promised him was that I would be, have a willing and broken heart and that, this, and that I would service the purpose of life. So for me and my house, we've already made that decision. I think a biblical reference here is appropriate. Choose you this day whom ye shall serve, 
That's found in Joshua 24, 14, and 15. Will you serve the purpose of life that our Creator, which has given us life, serves? Or will you call after and beg for death and death's author? What do you think? There is a decision tree to, uh, that I'm going to be proposing. And depending on what we decide, you and I, what we decide, we either decide to follow and serve the purpose of life, or we serve death. Let us decide, everyone here and now, who do you serve, life or death? If in this tree of logic you have decided life, the next decision branch in this decision tree is the question concerning, concerning human nature. Can man govern himself? Do you believe that there are special people who know special things gifted by birth, heritage, or the benefit of years of education? They who are learned people who know best the ways of doing things, scientists, teachers, kings, popes? Are we like ants and bees who live in a caste system? Are we to be ruled by ivory towers of wisdom? And inversely, do you believe that the majority of people are cattle, to be raised in protected areas, fenced up, grass-fed, protected from any worry of predators, and then harvested in different ways, harvested by taxation, slavery, work, or just filling the needed cogs on the big wheel. This first group is actually saying, can one man or one woman, or a special group of men, or a special group of women, rule ourselves, ourselves? Sometimes it is said that a man cannot be trusted with the government of himself. Can he then be trusted with the government of all others? Or have we found angels in the form of kings and governments? Kings to govern him. Let history answer this question. Thomas Jefferson. The other side of the decision is thus. And in order to explain the logic of all this, I have to go into some spiritual bases. I know there are lots out there right now who have a chip on their shoulder when it comes to religion. Because religion has been the cause of so much misery in this world. I would, however, beg some latitude. When we create foundations for building, we sometimes have to dig very deep, narrow holes and fill it full of cement and rebar. If this was above ground, it would be unsightly and disagreeable to the majority of neighbors. We have thought, I need stability for these peers or this religious underpinning is a fulfillment of that necessity. So please bear with me 
the religious aspect of this in the final wake up, excuse me, in the final write up of our Constitution and Bill of Rights that we are going to be doing needs to have this religious underpinning. Otherwise, we will suffer the same fate as the French, who penned a constitution and a bill of rights without this moral and religious underpinning. They lost their way rather quickly and ended up sending thousands to the guillotines and lost their new constitution and bill of rights within 50-some years. The inverse of this is the United States Constitution and the Bill of Rights which now has lasted with a few adjustments over 200 and some years. So again, I ask for some latitude so that, and that you bear with me with, through some of these religious underpinnings that I'm building here. I believe in gathering truth from all sides. If it is truth, then I will put it into my scabbard as I know it will cut away lies and sin. This particular excerpt comes from the Jehovah Witness Watchtower website. Now, I don't agree with a lot of their teachings, however it is truth, and I don't care where it comes from. I follow Jesus Christ, and I believe these people do as well. Since it is truth, I want to include this here. Can humans govern themselves? <clears throat> Excuse me. When God created humans, he gave them authority over the animal kingdom. Genesis 1.26 But humankind was under God's sovereignty. The first man and woman who were to confirm their submission to God by obediently abstaining from the fruit of one of the particular trees, known as the tree of knowledge of good and bad, found in Genesis 2.17. Sadly, Adam and Eve abused their free moral agency and disobeyed God. Taking that forbidden fruit was not simply an act of theft. It constituted rebellion against God's sovereignty. A footnote to Genesis 2.17 in the New Jerusalem Bible, which is the Bible that the Jehovah Witnesses use, states that Adam and Eve laid claim to complete laid claim to complete moral independence by which man refuses to recognize his status as a created being. The first sin was an attack on God's sovereignty. Because of this serious moral issue involved, God allowed Adam and Eve and their descendants to choose their own way of life, and they established their own standards of right and wrong, found in Psalm 147, 19, 20 and Romans 2.14. In essence, the human experiment in self-determination then began. It has, has it been successful? With the advantage of thousands of years of hindsight, we can say no. Ecclesiastes 8.9 states, man has dominated man to this injury. This lamentable record of human self-rule confirms the truthfulness of Jehovah or as excuse me the truthfulness of Jeremiah 10:23 well i know o jehovah that to earthling man his way does not belong it does not belong to a man who is walking 
to direct his step. History has proved that humans do not have the capacity to rule successfully without their creator. End of the quotation. So there, we have it. An opinion that we are not able to govern ourselves unless we have one singular focus, the creator of mankind. Now if we take this idea back out to the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, everything that is in this Bill of Rights and Constitution must have or acknowledge one focal point, and that is the creator of all mankind, the creator of animal kind, the creator of this world. Now, when I used to work as a counselor, and uh, people routinely had problems with uh, religion, it's one of the things that, uh, one of the areas of life that becomes extremely lopsided when you're an addict is you are extremely deficient on spirituality, on acknowledging that you have a creator, that um, you need anybody else to do anything. You essentially take it upon yourself to make yourself feel happy, to make yourself feel good, and that's part of the issue. I used to tell them that as they were having trouble with the uh, the steps of recovery, uh, one of the steps was that they were to acknowledge that God has power over everything and that they do not have power over anything. And by that acknowledgement and by following that singular point of reference, God, they would be able to recover. However, I used to say to them, um, see that door handle over there? That door handle works better than you do. And they would just get this look on their face like, you're an idiot. <laughs> and I would say, well, you know, nine times out of ten, you walk over to that doorknob and you turn it. That doorknob does exactly what it was designed to do. It opens the door. However, do you as a human being do every single time you are are put to work? Do you do what you are supposed to do? No. Matter of fact, you can count maybe the inverse of that, maybe one time out of ten, do you actually do what you were created to do. So, a lot of times, what I would say is, if you have trouble with, you know, visualizing God as, as something that is over you, well, maybe you should take something that is better than you and picture that as the, the one thing that you need to be like. You need to be like a freaking doorknob. <laughs> but, you know, if, if you have to, because of your, your trouble with spirituality, if you have to consider that, um, if you have to look for inspiration in other places other than um, God, then at least just call it he who created you, or she who created you, or um, an, an intelligence um, that created 
us and the things of this earth. Um, it just needs to be somebody, not you. Because you have created your own problems and you, maybe one time out of ten, actually do it, fulfill what you are meant to f do here on the earth. And so I would hope that if you do have problems with the idea of a creator that you would utilize this thought process. <clears throat> and going on, we hold these things to be self-evident. All men are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. Our Declaration of Independence acknowledges a creator as the source of an unalienable rights. That governments are formed to secure this acknowledgement was the very foundation of the Constitution of the United States. So the answer to the second branch of this decision tree, if you are with me in this logic, is a partial no, not without our focus on our Creator. As you can see in the last um, thing that I just stated, it says that a Creator is the source of unalienable rights. Can you guess where the next branch of this decision tree is going? That's right. On the next podcast, we'll be talking a little bit about unalienable rights and the Creator as the source of such. Thou mayest choose for thyself, for it is given unto thee. Moses 3.17 God has told us through his prophets that we are free to choose between good and evil. We may choose liberty and eternal life by following Jesus Christ. We are also free to choose captivity and death by following Satan. The right to choose between good and evil and to act for ourselves is called agency. In our, in our use of agency, we are able to either choose death or choose life. Behold, God's commandments direct us away from danger and towards eternal life. By choosing wisely, we will gain exaltation, progress, progress eternally, and enjoy a perfect happiness. And I would like to close this in the name of our Savior. Amen.